0: أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه اجمعين اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما نافيا Allahumma Arinal hakka hakkan varzukna it to baa. Wa erinal batla batlan varzukna it to baa. Rabish rahli sadri, wa yesterli amri. Wahlul okodata min lisani. Yafkahoo. Kawli. As salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakato. Welcome to the reflections on the Risali inur by Bed Uzaman Said Nursi podcast series. This is Mustafa Tuna. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you listen to your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org. A rough translation of the text we will be reflecting upon is also, inshallah, going to be posted at this website. So if you want to go there and follow from the text, you can do that too. You can go to the podcasts on the website, then words, then the 18th word. And as that also implies today, inshallah, we are going to read the or continue reading the 18th word. As we mentioned before, this word has two stations. One of them is not written. The one that's written has three points. We read the first two. In the first one, we admonished our lower soul and told it that it, it can have no claim to bringing anything into existence. It can have no claim to anything, any good. Uh, whatever good appears to Uh, be coming through it is coming through it not from it and the um, the true source of all good is God and the position of the lower soul has to be to admit its impotence and seek seek God's mercy and blessings in the second point we talked about how there is an aspect of beauty in everything how reality is beautiful now the third point Continues from the second point about the beauty that we observe in the creation It is inspired by it is an uh, interpretation of the verse Asta'i'udhu billah in kuntum allaha Say if you love God, and this is an address to the Prophet. So God is telling the Prophet وسلم, say, if you love God, follow me, and God will love you. This is um, chapter 3, verse 31. And it is a really important verse. It shows us the place of the Prophet, the messenger of God the beloved of God. If you love God, anybody out there? Mustafa. If you love God, follow me, follow the Prophet وسلم, and God will love you. God's love is associated with following the Prophet wasallam, Subhanallah. Yes. Bismillah. Madam, kainatta husn sanat bil müşahede vardır ve katidir. Elbette Risalet-i Ahmediyye Aleyhissalatu Vesselam şuhud derecesinde bir katiyetle sübutu lazım gelir. Zira şu güzel masnuattaki hüsnü sanat ve zineti, suret gösteriyor ki onların sanatkarlarında ehemmiyetli bir irade-i tahsin ve kuvvetli bir talebi tezyin var. Vardır. Ve şu irade ve Talebi ise Saniyde, o saniyede ulvi bir muhabbet ve masnurlarında izhar ettiği kemalat-ı sanatına karşı kutsi bir râhbet var olduğunu gösteriyor. Şu muhabbet ve râhbet ise masnuat içinde en münevver en ve en mükemmel fert olan insana daha ziyade müteveccih olup temerküz etmek ister. <gülüyor> the beginning of this may sound a bit confusing or confounding. But when we understand the way Stadnursi is making the connections between beauty and what is to come, it is beautiful. So, since it is observed and known definitively that there is a beauty of artistry in the cosmos, so we talked about that in in the previous episode. There is a beauty of artistry in the cosmos cosmos so there is beauty in the cosmos but it's not just there it is the product of someone making it some someone making it with with art so it is a beauty of artistry that we observe we definitively see and know that there is beauty okay since it is observed and known definitively that there is a beauty of artistry in the cosmos what follows of course it is a must that ahmadan messengership sallallahu alaihi wasallam risalati will have established will have established reality with a definitiveness that reaches the level of witnessing now this is interesting ustad Nursi says that since there is beauty in the cosmos there has to be Ahmad in messengership. The Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has to exist and has to be the messenger of God because there is beauty art out there. Why, how? Because the beauty of artistry and adornment of forms in these pretty artifacts, artifacts, everything in the creation that we see around, show that their artful maker has a significant will to beautify and strong demand for adornment. Whoever made these things, he has willed or he wills to make them beautiful and he wills, he demands from what he creates to be adorned. Okay? This will and demand, in turn, show that that artful maker has a lofty love and a sacred proclivity toward the perfections of his artistry, which he exposes in his artifacts. So he loves and has a proclivity toward, is, is um, drawn toward, but importantly, we um, premise this with the word sacred. It's not the kind of proclivity that we as human beings have it's not like a human drive right it is it's a sacred kind of proclivity we don't we cannot understand the true nature and quiddity of it it is not a defect it's not a deficiency it's not a weakness but we see not by thinking about god not by contemplating god but by looking at what he has made out here we see that he demands he wills perfections of his artistry he, he 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 has a proclivity toward the perfections of his artist he wants to show them which he exposes in his artifacts god shows the perfections of his artistry in his artifacts this is what he wills he could have willed some other way this is what he has well this is what we see again in the creation when we look around these are the imprints we see in the creation and this is how we interpret what we see in those imprints so there is a this will and demand in turn show that that artful maker has a lofty love and a sacred proclivity toward the perfections of his artistry which he exposes in his artifacts and this love and proclivity It didn't end there yet. This love and proclivity want to be directed toward or turned to and concentrate more than others, more than other things, on the human being who is the most illuminated and perfect individual among the artifacts. So there is love and there is a proclivity toward perfections of artistry. And when we look in the creation, and in the creation, we see that the human being has a special place. Therefore, we see that more than other things, this love and proclivity to show perfections of his artistry will concentrate on the human being as that special individual in the creation. But we still did not um, demonstrate how, because there is beauty of artistry in the cosmos ahmed messengership will have to be established definitively because we are continuing to it so next insan ise şecere-i hılkatin zihûr meyvesidir meyve ise en cemiyetli ve en uzak ve en ziyade nazarı âm ve en ziyade nazarı ve küllî bir cüz'idir ''Nazar-ı âm ve şuuru küllî zat ise o sanat kâre zülcemâle muhatap olup görüşen ve küllî şuurunu ve âm nazarını tamamen sâni'nin perestişliğine ve sanatın istihsanına ve nimetinin şükrüne sarf eden en yüksek, en parlak bir fert olabilir.'' So, we are now going to open up what we mean by the human being, why the human being is, has a special place. As for the human being... He is the conscious fruit of the tree of creation. Think of the creation as a huge tree. The human being is the fruit of this tree, but it is not a unconscious uh, inanimate or living but unconscious uh, fruit, it is a conscious fruit. The fruit is the so what is a fruit? How do we uh, what do we mean by fruit? The fruit is the most comprehensive and furthest particular with the most general sight and universal consciousness. When we think about a tree, right? All qualities of the tree will be concentrated in the fruit and in the seed and the kernel of the seed. And that kernel or that seed or that fruit relates to the entirety of the tree. Without the tree, you would not have the fruit And everything in the tree is embedded and um, encoded in the fruit. As for a person with general sight and universal consciousness, he can be the highest and most brilliant individual who becomes an addressee of that artful maker. So that artful maker is exposing his arts, in his artifacts but exposing to whom there needs to be someone who is going to see it right if he is exposing that entails that he's exposing to somebody who is it well that can be the the human being can be the highest and most brilliant individual who becomes an addressee of that artful maker the possessor of beauty and who the human being expands his universal consciousness and general sight on worshiping the artful maker, admiring his artistry and showing gratitude for his blessings. So I suppose by this point, we understand where this is going. Who among those human beings is the best with the most universal consciousness, with the most universal and most beautiful worship? Whoever that is, that is going to be the first and foremost addressee and we look at history we see no one but muhammad ibn abdullah sallallahu he is the one now there are a few things that need clarification in the text but i want to read it from beginning to end first and then we will come back to it inshallah now two frames two circles are visible when we look around in the creation one is an utterly magnificent and orderly circle of lordship and utterly artistic and embellished frame of art so we look at the creation and we we see everything uh, as 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 presenting themselves to us in two ways and from our reading from this point of view we see two frames two circles two um collection of meanings appear before our sight or before our imagination or before our intellect. One is an utterly magnificent and orderly circle of lordship an utterly artistic and embellished frame of art, the aspect of things that look to God. Diğeri, gayet münevver, müzeher bir daire-i ve gayet vasi, Jami bir levha-i tefekkür ve istihsan ve teşekkür ve iman vardır ki ikinci daire bütün kuvvetiyle birinci dairenin namını hareket eder. The other, the other circle or the other frame, it is an utterly illuminated, flowery circle of worshipful slavehood, an utterly broad and comprehensive frame of contemplation, admiration, thankfulness and faith that... The second circle operates with all its strength in the name of the first circle an utterly illuminated flowery circle of worshipful slavehood an utterly broad and comprehensive frame of contemplation admiration thankfulness and faith that the second circle operates works moves with all its strength in the name of the first circle Not for itself, not for its own sake, but for the sake of, in the name of the first circle. So the second circle, the circle of uh, worshipful slavehood, faces the first circle. And it is meant for the first circle. It is not meant for itself işte o Saniyein bütün makası da sanat pervarahesine hizmet eden o daire reisinin ne derece oosai ile münasbettar ve onun nazarında ne kadar mahbu ve makbul olduğu bilbeda anlaşılır now if you understand if you understand that there are these two circles and the first circle faces and move is moved and operates works uh, in the name of the first circle it's, raison d'etre, it's uh, reason of being the reason for its existence is to serve the first circle to serve the Lord to expose the beauty of the Lord's artistry and to see and appreciate it if this is the reason of being for this whole thing right? then here it will be understood intuitively without a need for much thought and inference reasoning it will be understood intuitively how much how much the leader of that circle that serves the objectives which reflect a love for artistry of that artful maker will be closely connected with that artful maker and how beloved and acceptable he will be to him to the artful maker zatı az-zı profeset aleyhi ve sellem. acaba hiç akıl kabul eder mi ki şu güzel mahsnuatın bu derece sanat perver hatta ağzın her çeşit tadını nazara alan inan perver sanatkarı arş ve ferşi çınlattıracak bir velveleyi istihsan ve takdir içinde ve bahri cezbiye getirecek bir zamzemi şükran ve tekbirle perestişkarane ona müteveccih olan en güzel mahzuna karşı lakayt kalsın ve onunla konuşmasın ve alakadarhane onu Resul yapıp güzel vaziyetlerinin başkalara da sirayet etmesini istemesin. Then wonder, wonder if the intellect would at all accept that the artful maker of these beautiful artifacts, the artful maker of these art, uh, beautiful artifacts, who so loves arts, and to give blessings that he even takes, takes all tastes of the mouth into consideration. Will remain indifferent to this beautiful artifact of his, who worshipfully turns to him with such an outcry of admiration and appreciation and with such an exclamation of gratitude and exaltation. Takbir, Allahu Akbar, right? That's what he's saying. Thus bringing the land and the sea to ecstasy, that he, God, will not talk to him? Is it at all possible? That God will not talk to him, will not make him a messenger showing interest in him, and will not want his beautiful state, that, that messenger's beautiful state, to pass on to others too? Kalla, konuşmamak ve onu yapmamak mümkün by no means. It is not possible that he will not talk with him. And make him a messenger. Inna dinainallahil Islam, Muhammadur Rasulullah wa aladzina ma'ahu ashidda'u 'ala al-kuffaar ruhama'u bi'nahum. True religion by God is Islam. So this is what makes sense, and this is what he brought. This is Quran chapter nineteen, and Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is the messenger of God and those who are with him are harsh towards the disbelievers and compassionate among themselves. And this is Quran, chapter 48, verse 29. So this is it. This is the uh, third point. I didn't want to to go into too much detail, uh, clarification, explanation, uh, because this, uh, in a sense, is an introduction to the 19th word, which is about the messengership about messengership in general and the messengership of the Prophet and mashallah we are in the month when he was born so uh, you know take this as a kind of mawlid celebration of the birth of the Prophet so inshallah we will read the read and reflect upon the 19th word next but at the same time this relatively short piece here the third point is a summary of a relatively longer piece that Ustad Nursi had written earlier 1925 1926 in a treatise that later became a part of his Mathnavi Nuri Al-Arabi his uh, Mathnavi Luminous Mathnavi in Arabic so by way of clarification or instead of a personal reflection I thought that I could read that text the the text from the mathnavi uh, so that we can see where uh, these ideas are coming from and uh, th- we can see them expounded a bit further and then in there perhaps I may try some reflection myself too so that's what I'm going to do uh, now I'm not going to read the original uh, which is in Arabic because it would take too long and since this is not uh, intended to be a a reading and reflection upon uh, that text itself but rather a clarification uh, and interpretation of what we have read inshallah I'm not going to read the Arabic so Ustad Nursi says there in the treatise, which by the way is named uh, Reshallah the droplets know that the indications of the Ahmadan prophethood are countless and unlimited now we need a brief uh, clarification for the word Ahmad right Ahmad is as uh, you know some of you some of the listeners may know one of the names of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam Ahmad Mahmud, Muhammad Mustafa these are among his you know um, most famous names Muhammad and Ahmad are driven from the same root Muhammad means the one who is praised, and the one who praises God abundantly. It is often used, and especially in the Sufi literature, it's often used in reference to the Prophet's prophethood and messengership in an unbroken chain from Adam So when Adam was born, or when Adam was created, the light of the Prophet Muhammad was already created. According to some hadith, prophetic traditions, we know that that was the first thing that was created. So, as a result, when Adam salam was born, the Prophet sallallahu was already a prophet. And the prophethood or messengership that was held by each messenger or prophet that came to this world, right, was held in a sense... In the name of, or as a, or as a trust from that um, that most perfect form, most perfect version, or the or the the original uh, version of prophethood or messengership that the Prophet وسلم, had. So the name Muhammad represents that. It is often used in reference to the prophets, prophethood and messengership in an unbroken chain from Adam to the Prophet himself and muhammadin is the adjectival form of the name Muhammad When it comes to Ahmed uh, in writing what happens is the meme the, the letter for M at the beginning drops and Ahmed is left Ahmed means the most praised one Now with the meme dropped this is often used in reference to the path of sainthood that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu has opened for his followers. So there were prophets among the, the um, people, ummas, uh, communities of believers, before the Prophet sallallahu and after him, there are saints, there are awliya, and there are scholars, right? So Ahmad is, usually used in reference to the path of sainthood that prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa has opened for his followers and Ahmadan is the adjectival form of the name Ahmad now whether in the first sense or the second sense whether as Muhammadan or Ahmadin they can both apply here but what we should understand from uh, this is that it is not one individual who lived at a particular specific time in history was born then died and that's it. No, that's not it. That's just the, if you will, the seed that was sown and then it, it, it keeps growing and growing. It's a tree and has roots. In a sense, the prophets and messengers before him are the roots of this universal tree of messengership. And the saints, scholars, uh, the righteous after him are the branches. And fruits etc of that tree after him so that's what we are referring to when we say Ahmad and prophethood the prophets وسلم, metaphysical personality that sprouts from his personal personal uh, identity persona but spreads from there, sprouts and spreads from there through all the prophets through all the Saints and passes on to the entire humanity know that the indications of the ahmadan prophethood are countless and unlimited we have indeed mentioned some of them in the 19th word which inshallah we will read and the 19th letter the 19th letter is a beautiful treatise which has um, hundreds and hundreds of uh, miracles of the prophet sallallahu and it is it, it classifies these miracles it talks it talks about their meanings etc Uh, inshallah one day maybe we come to that point too together with the testimony of his miracles the quantity of which reaches a thousand and the testimony of the Quran the number of whose aspects of miraculousness reach 40 as detailed in the 25th word so that's another treatise Uh, we may come to that inshallah Uh, to the messengership of Muhammad blessings and peace be upon him this cosmos likewise So, his miracles testify, the Quran as the primary miracle testifies, right? And likewise, the cosmos testifies to his prophethood with its signs, the signs in the cosmos. For while these artifacts disseminating through the cosmos present unlimited signs testifying to the entitative oneness of the divine entity of the singular one, that is, the oneness of God. They also offer countless clear evidences for the messengership of the Ahmadan persona sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So what we did in this third point was one of those testimonies which is beauty in the creation. To put things simply we look and see beauty and once we think, understand, realize and contemplate that what we see is an artifact there has to be an artful maker there has to be an artist then we think about so why did the artist create it? the way he created what was his will what was his wisdom in creating this the way he created so we we we, we don't uh we don't uh, attribute purpose or objective to God in the sense that we talk about these words in our human context when I have a purpose I employ means to attain it it is something that I do not have and therefore I need to attain we cannot think of God in this way as not having something and therefore he needs to attain it etc etc no he does not need it right He does not need it. But when we look at the creation, we also see that he has willed something by creating this the way he has created. He has a message. He has a wisdom that he wants to show us. He is showing us, right? So that's what we are thinking about when we look at the creation and read the creation as signs of creation. Read the creatures as signs of creation. I look and I see beauty. I see a world of beauty. And I ask, what does he mean by this? And I understand that he loves beauty. He has beauty. He loves beauty. He wants to show, demonstrate beauty. Then next I think, but this beauty is so intricate, so tremendous, and in and of myself individually, I'm I have difficulty relating this to him in the way that he wants it to be related to. He wants something in return. I I don't know what it is so i need somebody to explain this to me so that i can fulfill my function in this creation because i look around and i also see that i'm special here i am not inanimate i'm animate i have life i'm not non-conscious i have i'm given consciousness and i also have evolution with which i can choose between this or that all of these are special i have an imagination and an intellect that the the uh, extent of which expand and extend all the way to infinity these are all special things why do i have all of these i need somebody to explain this to me without that person without that source of explanation all of this it seems may lose meaning and i see that there's wisdom in this i don't i cannot fathom it that the creator of all of these the artful maker is going to create all of these without any wisdom he does not he does not create for nothing so who is it that's going to teach me what's going on here i turn around and i see prophet muhammad he is the translator of this beauty for me he is the interpreter of this beauty for me so This is one of the uh, testimonies to his messengership. Among them is the perfection of beautiful excellence in artistry. So among those testimonies is the perfection of beautiful excellence in artistry. For the perfection of the beautiful excellence in artistry in these artifacts indicate the Ahmadan messengership with a definitive indication. Because as observed, as we look around and see the visible beauty of these adorned artifacts present to the beholder the beautiful excellence in the artistry and adornment they are the products of an act and there is this attribute in the act artistry and adornment the beautiful excellence in the artistry and adornment of the form indicate with clarity that the artful maker has a most strong will to beautify and a most strong demand for adornment this is all what i look and see the will to beautify and demand for adornment non-inferentially you don't have to think about it you don't have to reason you look and you understand this indicate that the artful maker has a lofty love for his art and a sacred procl- proclivity for exposing the perfections of his artistry important we are qualifying love and proclivity with loftiness and sacredness they are not like human uh, drives they're not like human uh, emotions they are like love, they are like proclivity. We cannot comprehend his God's infinite, universal, endless, limitless attributes. But we need to know him. We are in need of knowing him, and for this end, for this end, God has put these emotions these senses in us hardwired them in us we are given given love and when a person does something with enthusiasm excitement appetite we see that this person loves what he's doing and we look around and we see an enthusiasm in the creation for beauty right who is the most Um, has lofty love for his art and a sacred proclivity for exposing the perfections of his artistry and this love and proclivity definitively indicate that the human being who is the most perfect and most marvelous of all artifacts and the most beautiful and most comprehensive of all creatures is a comprehensive locus of appearance and a brilliant center of concentration, where this love and proclivity focus. Having the most comprehensive and excellent nature among all creatures, he, the human being, is the conscious fruit of the tree of creation. That is, with regard to that tree, he is like a fruit that possesses consciousness. With regard to the tree of creation, he is like a fruit, and but a fruit that possesses consciousness. Having been created like a fruit, i.e., at the end, with the most comprehensive nature, with the relationship with the with the entirety of creation, he is the part among the parts of the cosmos that is the most comprehensive and the furthest that comes at the very end, the product. Being the most comprehensive and furthest possessor of consciousness, he has all-inclusive vision with a universal consciousness. Now, all-inclusive vision does not mean that he sees everything all the time. But he can see things through his sight, through his imagination, through his intellect, through his inner sight, and if purified through his heart, through the secret in the heart, and those have advanced in, uh, in understanding reality beyond the limited physical, visible existence around us, have noticed even further, subtler um, faculties of perception in the human quiddity too. So, all of them put together, he has all-inclusive vision, with a Universal Consciousness. He he has awareness of everything. The rock d- does not have awareness of things that are happening around it. Now, there, there is an angel appointed to the rock and that angel may be fulfilling this uh, task for the rock, but the rock itself, no. The um elephant does not have awareness of what might be going on 100 miles away now as an individual sitting here i don't have that too but when the information about it is brought to me i develop that awareness and that awareness stays with me right now i am aware that australia exists i never saw australia but i know that it exists you cannot say that for the elephant so the human being has universal consciousness that he can uh, actualize activate through his imagination intellect and all those other faculties having a universal vision he sees the entire tree of creation he stands at the very end with the most comprehensive vision Uh, he has faculties that relate them and enable him to to connect with all branches, or parts of this tree of creation, the way the fruit contains the information for the entirety of the tree in the DNA structure in its kernel. Having a universal consciousness, he knows the artful maker's objectives. And once again, we don't talk about God's objectives in the sense that we talk about objective in the in in a human sense we are uh, we we need to take these as metaphorical language at this point because we are in unable to articulate what we want to articulate as is wisdoms right having a universal vision he sees the entire tree of creation having a universal consciousness he knows the artful makers objectives when he says as in the quran oh lord you have not created all of these things for nothing abasa right for nothing there is a purpose to them there's a meaning to them so these are not meaningless he knows the artful makers the meanings that the artful maker has put in the things he has created and therefore he is a special addressee of the artful maker unlike the butterfly unlike the grapevine unlike the um, smooth rock by the, by the, the, in, the, in the riverbed, unlike the star in the firmament, unlike, unlike the molecule in the air. The human being, with his universal ability to grasp things and be aware of them, is a special addressee of the artful maker if there is beauty in the entirety of this whole creation and it is, the wisdom in its creation is uh, exposure, then you need a spectator who can see it, behold it in its entirety and also can go into the details, can see the parts and particulars too and that's the human being. Since the inclusiveness of his vision and the universality of his consciousness are the causes of the specification of the address to him, since the inclusiveness of his vision, the human being's vision, and the universality of his consciousness are the causes of the specification of the address to him. It's specified for him, it's not for the olive tree, it is not for the fish in the sea, it's not for the angels, right? It is for the human being the address, the universal address, is to the human being. Then, the individual who uses the entirety of his inclusive vision and all of his universal consciousness to worship the Artful Maker, to endear himself to him and to love him, who directs his complete consciousness and the focus of his vision to admiring, appreciating, and displaying the arts of the artful maker, and who employs all of his vision and consciousness and the entirety of his strength and effort to show gratitude for the blessings of that artful maker. That artful maker who demands gratitude in return for his bestowal, and that individual who employs all of his vision and consciousness and the entirety of his strength and effort to invite all humans to admiring, showing gratitude and becoming worshipful slaves, then it will be known self-evidently that that unique individual will be an addressee who is drawn close and a most loved beloved. We establish a special place of the human beings and among the human beings who does whoever does these things will have a unique place he will be the unique individual as the addressee who is drawn close to the artful maker and a most beloved beloved. So let's read what are those qualities that that individual um, would have the individual who uses the entirety of his inclusive vision and all of his universal consciousness so all human beings have this potentially as an aptitude we all have it but we don't all use it we don't all activate it the individual who uses the entirety of his inclusive vision and all of his universal consciousness to worship the artful maker Each and every moment of the Prophet, his inhalation and exhalation, his steps, his sleeping, his, his, his wakefulness, his speech, his silence, each and every aspect of his life, each and every aspect of his being, were used to worship the Artful Maker, to endear himself to him, to God the Artful Maker, to love God, who, so the individual, who directs his complete consciousness and the focus of his vision to admiring, appreciating, and displaying the art of the Artful Maker, and who employs all of his vision and consciousness and the entirety of his strength and effort to show gratitude for the blessings of that Artful Maker who demands gratitude in return for his bestowal and who uses all of those, to invite all humans, not only himself. So it's not, it is not limited to his own personal effort, and awareness, and consciousness, and admiration, and appreciation, and display of arts. No, he also makes the utmost effort to invite all humans to admiring showing gratitude and becoming worshipful slaves so it is known at this point it is known self evidently that that unique individual will be an addressee who is drawn close and a most loved beloved he'll be told come over here come over here you dear one come over here let's let me explain all of this to you And so that you can turn around and go and explain it to others. Oh, people, Ustad Nursi says, oh, people. Is it possible that Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam could not be that unique individual, in your opinion? Is it possible? Does your history show another individual who is more worthy of this station than Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? O he whose eyesight is not impaired by a veil, and inner sight is not blurred. May we be that. May our eyesight not be impaired by a veil, and may our inner sight, basira, not be blurred. O he whose eyesight is not impaired by a veil, and inner sight not blurred. Look at the realm of humanity in this cosmos why humanity because we already established that humanity is special in all creation look at the realm of humanity in this cosmos you will witness with your eyes two circles opposite one another and two tableaus facing one another as for one of those circles it is the circle of lordship that is magnificent and well-ordered at the uttermost level of magnificence and orderliness. As for one of those circles, it is the circle of lordship. So this is the circle, this is the aspect of things that look to God, right? It is the circle of lordship that is magnificent and well-ordered at the uttermost, utmost level of magnificence and orderliness. As for one of those tableaus, it is the tableau of art that is artful and embellished to the uttermost level of mastery and proportionality. So in the 18th word, ustad talked about the circle and the tableau or frame as we called it there as one and the same thing. Here he is differentiating between them a little bit. The first is the circle of lordship lordship, that is magnificent and well-ordered at the uttermost level of magnificence and orderliness. So there is an emphasis on the Uh, magnificence orderliness in a sense perhaps the majestic uh, uh, attributes of God and as for the, the tableau it is a tableau of art that is artful and embellished to the uttermost level of mastery and proportionality symmetry harmony the beauty as for the other circle it is a circle of luminous and fluorescent worshipful slavehood within uttermost acquiescence and steadfastness circle of luminous illuminated and fluorescent full of flowers beautiful beautified worshipful slavehood within uttermost acquiescence and steadfastness so they are luminous illuminated they are beautiful adorned and they are also acquiescent they are submissive they have some sub- everything has submitted to lord everything is subordinated and a state of submission except for th- those who are again for a wisdom given evolution uh, like iblis like some of the jinn and like human beings and steadfastness and they stay steadfast on what they are commanded the rain—I don't know if you are hearing it—but right now it is raining outside, and acorns are falling from the trees onto the roof. And the, the noise you might be hearing is that right now. I don't know if that's uh, being recorded. Right, the rain always does what it is commanded to do. It's always steadfast on its track. The wind always does what is com- commanded to do. It always stays steadfast on its track. And as for the other tableau, it is the tableau of contemplation and admiration with uttermost breadth and the page of gratitude and faith with uttermost comprehensiveness if you have witnessed these two circles and tableaus now look at the relationship between these two circles and tableaus so that you also witness with your eyes that the circle of worshipful slavehood with all its aspects moves in the name of the first circle and works with all of its strength on the first circle's account. So much so that if you observe the tableau of contemplation, gratitude, admiration and faith with only the lowest level of attention, you would still behold the tableau of artistry and blessing with all of its meanings and significations. And having witnessed this reality with your eyes, can your intellect, still deny the most tremendous relationship between the leader of the circle of worshipful slavehood and the owner of the circle of lordship. Who is the owner of the circle of lordship? God. The At the, at the center of the um, combination of or collection of meanings that we are Grasping in the creation in relation to this act of lordship. We see the owner of the circle of lordship. We see the Lord. And at the center of the collection of meanings that we see and grasp in the creation. That belongs to the circle of worshipful slavehood. That turns with with all of its existence and effort toward the Lord and worships him obeys him stays steadfast in its state of subordination and submission and acquiescence at the center of that presenting the entire worship the entire glorification the entire exaltation to the lord on behalf of the entire creation and with a an intensity that amounts to the worship of the entire creation. We see who? Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Is it permissible for your heart? So the first question was to the intellect. Can your intellect still deny the most tremendous relationship between the leader of the circle of worshipful slavehood, Prophet Muhammad sallallahu and the owner of the circle of lordship? Now the question is to the heart. Is it permissible for your heart to not attain certainty that this leader, who is serving the artful maker's objectives sincerely by displaying and appreciating his art, has a tremendous relationship, right? Is it possible that your heart will deny this, that he has a tremendous relationship with and maintains a strong connection to the artful maker? And that he talks with him and receives his message, God's message. Yes, it is understood self-evidently that he is beloved to the king and approved by him. The proof is the intensity of his worshipful slavehood, the intensity and beauty of his admiration of God and his beautiful attributes as manifest in the creation. It is his, the intensity and beauty of his gratitude for the blessings of the, the merciful Lord. Yes, it is understood self-evidently that he is beloved to the king and approved by him. In fact, he is the most beloved and the closest one to him in the entire creation. O human being, is it possible for your intellect to accept that the artful maker of these artifacts that are adorned with varieties of beauty, the bestower of these blessings, and the one who attends to the fine variations of taste in the mouths of created beings, is it possible for your intellect to accept that He will not care, God, the one who has all these attributes, will not care, will not care about and remain indifferent to a most beautiful. So, you know, God, the most beautiful, who adorns everything with beauty, the bestower, the merciful bestower who bestows everything with these blessings that we witness in the creation, who attends to the finest, finest needs and fine variations of taste in the mouths of created beings. The deer like new shoots that come out in the spring from the ground. If you were to eat them, they would be bitter and you wouldn't like them. the deer has a taste bud, or has taste buds that love it, enjoy it. So God creates them for the deer, and you and I like, let's say, apple. The apple has a beautiful sweetness and tang and texture, and uh, you know lusciousness. We love that. That's that's the taste buds that we have, and that's what our taste buds need. And God has attended to that too, and created apple for our taste buds. He has created other things for other creatures. He has created mice for snakes, and and cats, right? but he's attending to all of them. So, a creator, an artful maker, a bestower, who is aware of, and attends to, the finest needs, and not only needs, but also pleasures of all of his creatures, does your intellect accept that he will not care about and remain indifferent to a most beautiful and perfect artful creature like this one, like Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi wasallam, who turns to him with utmost yearning, with utmost yearning, worshipful slavehood and endearment, who brings the earth and the throne to rapture with his passionate cries of admiration and a hum of appreciation before the beautiful artistry of this artful maker, who brings the land and the sea to tremors of ecstasy with the exclamation of his expressions of gratitude before the bestowals of the one who creates from nothing, and with the splendor of his expressions of exaltation, Allahu Akbar, before the tremendousness of that creator, who is the blesser. He is the blesser. He is going to bless everything with the tiniest, most trivial needs and pleasures that they need or have. Would it then be possible for him to remain indifferent to Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? Is it possible for the like of this beneficent and powerful, artful maker to remain indifferent to such an admiring and grateful created being? Is it possible that God will not direct his attention to him, will remain indifferent to him? Is it possible that God will not talk to him? Is it possible that God will not bring him close to himself? Think of the mi'raj, the prophetic ascension. Is it possible that God will not want the beautiful excellence in his condition, in the condition of the prophet, Muhammad وسلم, God will not want the beautiful excellence in his condition and his beautiful state to affect and transform the entire creation? Is it possible that God will not make him an exemplar for the people so that they, the people, take on the hue of his distinctive character and his condition and state? they become like him and is it possible that god will not send him as a messenger to people all together not at all that's not possible god sent him as a messenger to people all together god wants god wants all people to take on the hue of his distinctive character and his condition and state god wants his beautiful excellence and His condition, the beautiful excellence in His condition, and His beautiful state to affect and transform the entire creation. And we, as individuals, as human beings, knowing this, we need to try to be like Him. We need to follow Him. If we see all this beauty in the creation, and if we recognize God as the source, maker and source of this beauty and if we are filled with love and yearning for the Lord seeing this this these passing transient manifestations of beauty and we are filled with a yearning for their true reality the real one the abiding one the the everlasting beauty if you are filled with love for him then then, we need to follow the one that he chose. The one that he chose in order to demonstrate, interpret all this beauty, and in order to fulfill what all this beauty calls for. That is appreciation and gratitude. قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ فاتبعوني يُحْبِبَكُمُ الله. Say, if you love God, follow me, and God will love you. Say, if you love God, follow me, and God will love you. You see all this beauty? You see this affection? You feel that yearning for it? You feel that force of attraction to it? You are filled with a force of attraction, with love for the source, the the abiding, everlasting source. You want him to love you? This is the formula. Follow the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So we have one more question to ask and then we will finish, inshallah. Or is it possible? that the artful maker of these well-ordered artifacts, the artfulness of the engravings of which indicate infinite knowledge and uttermost wisdom, will not be conscious and aware of the most perfect and most beautiful individual among his artifacts, among his creatures? Is it possible that God will, will know and see him, see the Prophet ﷺ, but will not talk to him? Is it possible that God will make himself loved and known through the adornment of his artful artifacts, but will not love and know the one who loves him as he deserves? Knows him as it is his due, God's due? Seeks his love, God's love, faithfully? And worships God as God deserves to be worshipped? Among all creatures, among all creatures, if there is one who loves God as God loves to be, as God deserves to be loved, who knows God as it is due, humanly possible, within the limits of human, human um, aptitudes, knows Him as it is God's due within the limits of human aptitudes, who seeks God's love so faithfully and worships him as God deserves to be worshipped again within the limits of human aptitudes. Is there any other individual? It is Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It is Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam who deserves that throne of the kingship of worshipful slavehood. He is the king. He is the king of the slaves of god what a beautiful title he is the king and god will not remain indifferent to him cannot have we are not we are not imposing a limitation on god we are just reading we are just reading what god has created and written in his creation we are just reading the message, this is what, what we are learning from our Lord. He has willed this to be the case. And when we say it is impossible, what we mean is that if this is what he will to be the case, it's impossible for it to be otherwise. It's impossible to be otherwise. It's impossible for him not to be the messenger of God. It is impossible for him not to be the beloved of God. It is impossible for him not to be sent by God for us to be an exemplar, an example, a model. If there is beauty out there. And since there is beauty out there, since reality is beautiful, since if our hearts are not corrupted if our eyes are not veiled we see beauty wherever we look then Prophet Muhammad sallallahu is the messenger the messenger of God and the king of the slaves of God and it's his birthday in a couple of days it's his birthday in a couple of days Alhamdulillah Praise and gratitude be to God that he blessed us with Muhammad sallallahu Praise and gratitude be to the merciful our merciful Lord that he gave Muhammad sallallahu wasallam as a mercy and as a model to be followed to us. سبحانك لا علم إنك أنت الحكيم آخر ذا الحمد